You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, thank you so much for staying with us. This is Life Happens on SAFM, and my name is Pimelo Mutine. Okay, on the same vein, we're back to that framework that I was talking about, okay? We give some, we take some. And this time around, we are speaking to UIF for a specific thing as well, okay? We're not going to cover everything. I, I, It's not possible. It really is not possible, and that's the basis of why we were granted the interview again with the UIF, because... I have found something really amazing that I think we need to talk about. There has been some tweak and a broadening of people who can benefit uh, and claim from the UIF. And this for me is absolutely amazing. It's very, very important that we are informed about it. So we've asked uh, a colleague to talk to us about this, who's going to give us more clarity on it. Mr. Makosoenke Butelezi, who's a director of communications and marketing unemployment insurance fund, joins us on the line. I just have to tell you, Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. You always respond. You're always willing to come and take our little petty questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you for inviting us once again. Well, this is this is a groundbreaking one for me. I can tell you now because I think thousands and thousands of people are going to find relief out of this. You've just broadened the category of people who can now access some sort of relief from UIF. Let's talk about that band of people. Who are these people? So, Pimelo, these are the people who work for somebody. They are workers, and uh, they've been working for whatever period, one year, three, four, five years. But, you know, um, I'm sure you even did this when you got your first job. Mm. You never really worried about whether you are registered or not. You were just happy to find a job and earn a salary. And then it is, because it's not your responsibility to register yourself to the UIF, it's the responsibility of the employer to register you with the UIF. So as we we started with this scheme, we found that uh, there's quite a lot who are outside and that they are working. You have, and they are the most vulnerable. You have your uh, farm workers, you have your domestic workers, and you have casual workers. And there was an outcry from them that we, we don't seem to be able to access this scheme. Can, can UIF really relook at this? And then the minister then came with the directive to extend it to those vulnerable workers who were not uh, covered. Initially, we said we only want registered UIF employers and employees. So hence now we said, let's just cover every worker and uh, as long as there is proof that there is an employer and an employee and there is a contract and there is some form of a payroll system or proof that there is money from the company that pays this worker and then the employer who did not do the right thing initially must come and register with the fund as an employer and register the worker and then we will be able to process the terms application. And then we will deal with the non-compliant employer Mr. later. Mr. Patelizzi, let me tell you what got me excited. And I want you to, to be very clear on terminology here. So this, this person that you render a service to is not necessarily an employer, are they? Because they sometimes don't see themselves as an employer if you're not a full-time employee. And that's what makes this the difference, right? That you are now talking of somebody who I have 
a, a relationship with, that I give a service to, even though it's temporary and we don't have an employee-employer agreement. Am I right in framing it that way? No, there must be an employer and employee agreement because it is on those basis that we we will recognize a proof of this relationship. Okay. So and and our definition uh, of a, uh, somebody who has to contribute to UIF is someone who's working more than 24 hours uh, per month. We say that person must be registered with the UIF. That's the first thing. And secondly. Uh, there must be then this re- re- formal relationship of an employer and an employee. And I'll tell you why it is critical. May I, may I just yes. ask if, if you can just one second for me. I'm so sorry to do this to you because I've, no, got to go to, I've got to go to an ad break. But I just also want more clarity and lots of people also calling in. We'll take in those calls. Just give us two minutes, if you don't mind, Mr. Batelezi, so that we can take pay the bills and then we'll come back with more clarity on, on the issue. Thank you. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Okay, I'm in conversation with the Mr. Makosonke Butelezi, who's a director at communications and marketing at uh, UIF. And we're speaking about a new framework that they have just uh, reviewed of opening up more. Um, I suppose, benefits for people who would have otherwise not fallen into the, into the category of beneficiaries at UIF. We're trying to define all of that and, and work with me here. Maybe a bit slow, Mr. Butelezi, but I, I need clarity. How would I know, for argument's sake, right, if I am a waitress or I am a taxi driver or yes. I am a domestic worker, right, yes. based, on, based on the 24-hour hours in the month criteria i don't necessarily know that i'm a an employee because when i made my arrangement with this person i'm giving a service to we didn't have an employee employer conversation and that's that's where i'm finding it difficult to follow so how would as an me know that i should have been deemed as an employee because we had a casual relationship. Yes, there was a transaction. So I can prove that they've been paying me every month. But the nature of our relationship was not such that they said to me, you're an employee. Does that make sense what I'm asking? I'm, it makes perfect sense. And I want to um, make it easy for you. Mm-hmm. See, so that is where the problem starts. Mm. If there isn't this contractual agreement. Mm-hmm. Because if I have a domestic worker mm. who only comes three days yes. per month to me, mm-hmm. According to our definition, mm-hmm. that is an employee. Therefore, oh that word. employee must be covered <laughs> by the fund because already it is what the 24 hours that I have mm. mentioned. Mm. So uh, this person uh, comes uh, three, three times mm-hmm. uh, in a month, mm. 24 hours already. They yes. qualify for a formal relationship, you must have a contract with that person that outlines the basic conditions of employment and it should include contributions 
registration and contributions to the UIF. Mr. Butelez, why are hmm. we, why does this shock me? Why does this shock me? How come so many of us don't know this? How come I don't know that the lady that comes to me once a week, I should have employed and registered with UIF because in my mind, she was really just, as, as we said, someone casual. I didn't know that this in your definition is an employee who I should be registered. Okay, we're here now. I know you've got yeah. solutions. You are giving us what? Is it called an amnesty? <laughs> no. <laughs> what is it called? What's, it called? What's the right term? Uh, you're saying to okay. us we must come and apologize and, and plead and plead all kinds of ignorance. Those of us who've been doing that um, and you're going to give us some sort of space to, so to fix our situation with you. So so I am saying now you have disadvantage the employee yes. who has been working for you. Yes. And with the directive, I'm saying, okay, I'm changing my, my, my condition. Mm-hmm. I'm saying uh, because this person has been working for you for more than 24 uh, uh, hours per month, mm. apply for this person to benefit for the COVID-19 uh, tariff, uh scheme. Mm. Okay. But... Mm. Uh, this person, obviously, the application is tied to your registration mm-hmm. as an employer with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do that. You mm-hmm. register, you get a reference number. Mm-hmm. Then you declare this person, the mm-hmm. employee with us. Mm-hmm. Declaration then will answer many questions. How long has this person mm-hmm. been working for you? How much do they earn? And so on. Okay. Uh, there is a form that to respond to. Once we've got that UI-19, we register. And then we say, okay, given the information that you gave us, we mm-hmm. are able now to say, um, this is how much we can pay this person in terms of the COVID-19 okay. based on the salary they get and the income replacement rate that we use. Do we backdate this thing? So in no, other no. words, even though I've just registered this person today and I've been, I, the employer, am at fault and it's my fault, but this person has been with me for two years, do we, do, in other words, am I liable for the two years, even if, I, even if I've just started now? Well, for now, we, with the COVID-19 benefit, we will look at the current salary that the person gets. Yeah, yes, but, right? no, no, but, but, but I'm asking if, if the employer is now oh, liable yes. for put the past two years when they were ignorant about what True. this 24-hour means. True. You, you remain liable. That is why we say we will, sort, we will fix up mm. the employee, pay the employee. You remain liable because remember, mm. it doesn't end now with mm. COVID nineteen. Mm. Yes. This person will be retrenched in future, yep. and we are the person is gonna come back to UIF. Yep. You know, okay. we're gonna need that information anyway. Okay. So you're gonna have to pay 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 us. I was I was talking about amnesty because I mean, some of us are not gonna come to you if you're gonna take us to jail. What's the What's the plan? No, the discussion about amnesty is not... Uh, <laughs> okay, not, so what's the process? Uh, what what happens so when process, I arrive there? What happens? So the process is as, uh, as per the um, a normal COVID application. So the process is uh, Makosonke will then yes. uh, apply via the UI um, uh, filing system, yes. which is where you register as an employer. Mm-hmm. And you put all the information that we want of your employee 
and and then you declare the employee as your employee as, as as your worker under your company or under your yeah your name mm-hmm. and you give us history as to how much they they've been earning and how much they earn now and then once you've done that you then go and apply for UI for the test benefit and based on the information that you supply to us on your filing and or declaration we are able to calculate now how much is it that the person has to get for the health benefit? And then parallel to that, we will work out how much you owe us now yes. in uh, the previous uh, contributions. Okay. And then we have to agree how and when are you going to pay us that money. That's the thing, because, you know, now we understand this COVID-19. We all understand that people's businesses are falling apart and you know, and I have all the right intentions in the world and I'm going to plead ignorance. I didn't know that 24 hours was deemed to be an employee and I'm going to come to you with my right intentions because I want my domestic worker to be employed. Um, But are you going to now insist that I pay back that two-year backdated, uh, you know, misdemeanor on my side immediately? Or are you going to be nice and say, okay, let's talk? Yeah, we will we will have to talk. We'll go into the um, uh, some what, what I'm saying is, Ms., uh, look, I know I'm putting it quite simply, but what I'm trying to say is that in the event of us trying to save jobs and lives and so on, we also don't want to tank the businessman, right? True, true. Okay, Mr. Butelezi, I I promise you this is the last time I'm going to ask you to just give me two seconds. I promise you it's the last time and I'm going to only take two more minutes of your time, if you don't mind, please. Okay. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutine on Twitter. Pimelo, I would like to remain anonymous. Can you please ask your guests there what is happening about the custom about the companies that are not registered with UIF? Can you please tell your guests to give me clarity on that, please? No, 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 Pimelo. We want to apply directly to the UIF so that we get the money. They mustn't say that the employer must apply on our behalf on our behalf because it's it's quite clear that there was no uh, good relationship between me maybe and the and the employer. So the the convenient thing is, is for me to apply directly to IF if I have a document on my position from my employer. So they mustn't say that the employer must employ my employer must apply for me. I've got documents I want to apply directly to do to the UIF without involving uh, the employer. Maybe them they can contact the employer later. Mr. Patelis, we've been here before. I don't want to waste your time. I'll try and respond to those people after you've gone. But let me ask you this quickly. Um, whistleblowing, I think, is going to be huge on this one. Uh, lots of us are going to be coming and saying to you, well, I've been working for 24 hours for a month with this person. Um, for some, there was ill intention. For some, there wasn't. Um how long will it take for you guys to investigate someone who comes and says, my employer has done the wrong thing? Okay, so we're already getting some of the queries. What we are doing now, normally if we there's non-compliance uh, of that nature, we normally refer the case to the uh, inspectorate of the department and then they will go to that uh, employer mm. and then uh, to find out what is happening and if there are any fines, uh, that needs to be levied against the employer that will happen or if there will be 
given them a chance to comply for a certain period. Uh, after if they fail, then then uh, further steps will be taken. So as to how long, Pamela, I'm not in a position to uh, really answer because it's the process that is outside of the unemployment insurance fund. But we refer such cases to the inspectorate sure. of the Department of Employment and Labor. J- just to lay people's, I mean, this comes through a lot, okay? How successful is that model in the sense that does it always end amicably? You know, someone who actually decides I don't want to do the right thing, don't they usually victimize the person who is the employee? In other words, these people who are saying, no, 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 we want to go directly to you. I mean, are, are you hearing that more and more here right now? Because I'm hearing that a lot. And is there a consideration for that? We do hear that, uh, but if in case of um, uh, reporting an employer who's uh, not complying mm. or is practicing unfair labor practices, mm. uh, under normal circumstances, you would go as an employee and report that uh, employer mm. at our offices, and there will, there will be a case opened, and then our um, in, um, in inspectors will then follow up. And I'm not too sure of their processes, if they are able to give feedback to the complainant okay. and all that, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. But um, if I can address quickly the issue of an employee who wants to apply for themselves. Directly. Mm. Directly. Um, you know, unlike your usual unemployment benefit, where you will get a form mm. from the employer and go to the offices and apply for yourself. With this one, with the terrorist benefit, because it is, it requires a lot of information mm-hmm. from the employer directly. That is why we encourage the employer to apply. For example, the example that I've just given to you, that mm-hmm. the employee is the employer who can tell us how long have you been working there, how much are you earning, and, so, and it's the employer that we can hold liable for not complying in the first place because they they did not uh, abide by what, uh, the labor laws. I mean, would a simple thing like submitting a payslip not be enough for you guys to process that? We can do that. Uh, we can do that. It is one of the ways in which you can uh, prove to us that there is this relationship. And let me hasten to add, uh, Pimelo, to say, if you are an individual and you want to apply, mm. mm-hmm. why I am hesitant to uh, encourage that is that it's a, it's a roundabout way to mm-hmm. do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You can do it via your filing. Mm-hmm. Because as as you would do when you apply for a normal benefit, there is a, 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 a an allowance where you can apply as an employee, okay. and then you follow the steps. Mm-hmm. But with the tax benefit, it's much better and much quicker compared to the other route. If you the employer applies, you have that option but you'll have to go via your filing. And the the question will then be where there are no declarations. It's easy now to hold the the employer liable and to follow up with the employer to give us this information. Whereas if you are an employee, if your employer did not declare you, it is a roundabout way again. Because then you'll you'll be asking all these questions to us. I mean, I suppose... There's a reason why people ask this, okay? So so we would know, I would know that my employer has gone and done the right thing and submitted and all of that stuff. The benefit would have come to them because they, the administration comes to them. That money goes to them. How, and this is where the problem is, how does the employee know that the money that was sent to them actually landed 
all of it has landed on my lap because I think that's where that mistrust comes in, where people yeah. are saying, yes, I know the UIF is probably paying this, this person and, and they receive my money, but I don't trust that my employee, my employer has given me all my money. So that's where the, the, the conundrum comes in. In fact, that is already happening uh, because if uh, we have allowed the employee to go and check onto the system, uh, how much are they going to get? Ah. And you find that the system says you have to get yeah. 5000 Yeah. And what lands into their bank account is 2000 Yeah. And uh, But there is a control that we have in place because as you are, and there are many reasons for that, which will need another discussion. Yes, but the reason, but uh, you find that um, oh, what we do is when we calculate how much each employee has to get, we give the schedule to the employer Mm -hmm. so that he can then uh, allocate it accordingly to the employees. So now some of the employers would say, um, you know, according to my calculation, Mm. Pimelo, you're supposed to get Mm. 3,500. But I see UIF says you're going to get 4,000. So I'm going to take the difference because my calculation says it's 3,500. You know, so then those cases we are able to detect and say to the, uh, we will say to the employee, are you sure? Because with the May applications, we need that proof that you've paid what we gave to you and what we said you should give to the employee. If uh, there's an underpayment, we need to know why before we can even proceed. Sorry, with you're the May saying application. with the with the next application, with the May yeah. application. So, in yeah. other words, the next time now you submit again, do they submit every month? We're going to submit. We've, we've just opened the, uh, the system for the May application I today. Yeah. All right. So, so you, for, based on what happened in the previous application, you will then now assess whether they are liable for the next application or not and so on. Yes, exactly. And the information will tell us that they, that they will okay. be supplying How, us. I know this is the last question. How do you not disenfranchise the employee while you are fighting with the employer? In other words, if the May thing comes up and this guy was fraudulent and took someone's money, right? While you are fighting with this guy, how do I make sure or you guys make sure that the employee still gets their benefit? So we say to the guy, look, the proof that you gave us, we can see employee E, employee A, you gave 2005 and we gave you 4000 Can you tell us what happened to this uh, difference? And uh, if the, uh, the claim comes the previous claim and it still requires us to pay one million mm. we calculate and say look uh, clearly uh, there is money that you did not transfer we mm. assume that you are sitting with uh, seven hundred thousand that you did not give to us which was supposed to go to these employees we're going to give you the difference now and you must make sure that the money that you withheld wrongly you pay it together with this one. And we also want proof of that when, when we come back for the June, if we continue paying for the June um, payment. And remember, as part of the process, they have to, they take an undertaking, they uh, write a, we have an agreement with them where they bind themselves to all these conditions. And if they fail at the end of it all, we must pursue them. But is it, do you all, pursue them criminally because it's fraud? Yeah, no, we're definitely okay. going to because we're going to even have after the payment, we are appointing a team of uh, auditors okay. to follow the money and make sure that money was used correctly.
by in all these companies that apply. Ach, you've been so kind. Mr. Makosonke Butelezi, thank you for your time. Director of Communications and Marketing at uh, UIF there, just trying to answer some of those very difficult questions. Utsile Saku, we're so sorry. Two minutes after two.